Hey everyone, I'm Ruth and welcome to my podcast, Living Unashamed. You know, every day we are bombarded with negative news, stories of bad things that are happening in this world, chaos, pain. And the one thing that overcomes them, God says in his word, is that we overcome them by the word of our testimony, which is how God is moving in our lives, but also the blood of the lamb, which is the completed work of Jesus. So join me as I chat to people from all walks of life and locations as they share of how they encountered Jesus and the incredible journey he has taken them on since then till now and will continue to. We look forward to hearing how God has inspired and blessed so many people around the world and how those news can help lead others to Christ. So welcome. We are so blessed to have you and I pray that you are abundantly blessed by today's episode of Living Unashamed. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Living Unashamed podcast. I'm Ruth and I'm here with my friend Heidi. Um, And today Heidi's going to share her journey of how she came to encounter Jesus and the journey that he's taken her on since then. And um, yeah, most of these podcasts usually are a bit of an adventure because we don't know how they're going to end up by the end of it. But it's exciting to be able to talk to you today, Heidi, and just get to know your journey and what God's doing in and through you and how he has transformed your life. Yeah. Being here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the um, invitation, Ruth. I think it's a really important thing that you're doing um, in the world to be sharing testimonies with people because that's, I think, you know, so critical for people mm-hmm. to come to know Jesus. So my, uh, I guess my story is that I was a um probably 20-something-year-old who had a good job, had a wonderful life partner, had a home and was just feeling like something was missing in my life. Um, we spend a lot of time sort of recreationally skiing and trying to holiday places and we hadn't long moved to the beautiful state of Tasmania from Queensland exploring Australia you know everything seemed to be hunky-dory but deep inside it wasn't Um, and I kind of went through a season of I don't even like to use the word depression or anxiety I don't like to label um, that on myself or on other people Um, but I'd like to say more like disillusioned and just lacking joy um, lacking direction just feeling lost really and purposeless um, is how I would describe it. Um, spoke to my family and my, my, he wasn't my husband, my partner, who's now my husband, about it, you know, trying to seek worldly wisdom about, you know, what do I do with this? Thought about things like, is it a change of job? You know, was it my, I was a critical care nurse and I still am and it was like, you know, is that wearing me down and I, you know, I can't you know, can't get my energy and my joy or, you know, is it because we don't have children yet? You know, my neighbour's like, oh, you just need children. You know, you don't, haven't fulfilled your, you know, your womanly thing. That's all it is. You know, so there's all this worldly input, but I still, still had this emptiness. And um, this little home we moved to in Tasmania was up the road from this little community church. And there was a sign out there when I was digging in the garden and I could look over at the back of this little church and the sign said, um, the purpose driven life, Rick Warren. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what that's all about, but that sounds interesting. (laughs) And being a shift worker, you know, I was often home through the day when, you know, no one else is around. So I put 
down my garden tools and washed my hands and walked up the street to this little <laughs> this place with this little sign and there was a bunch of beautiful little old ladies having a cup of tea and I walked in and introduced myself and said oh look you know see this sign out here about this purpose-driven life what's this all about and their little church was about to embark on a study of this book by a Christian called Rick Warren and oh you're more than welcome to join us if you like oh okay thank you very much <laughs> so, so a 20 something you know fellowshipping with these little old ladies over this book uh, which I purchased and sort of I chose to read more myself than do a study with their church because church was not really familiar to me but I was quite confident to walk in and have a chat and buy a book and <laughs> I'll, I'll work through that myself, thanks. Um, anyway, I was at work telling one of my colleagues about this um, and she's a Christian and uh, she said to me, oh, Heidi, that's just amazing. Uh, will you come to church with me this Sunday? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I have to think about that, you know. <laughs> like, like there was there was never this great you know great leap um but i did know she was a christian and she was a beautiful person who'd been ministering to me in ways i didn't even realize you know like praying for me praying for my partner um she was my age and probably one of my closest colleagues at work uh, along with another christian colleague anyway i i said to her yeah sure yeah i'll come you know because she's like i think she knew god's getting a hold of you and you know we need to be <laughs> following through so anyway she invited me to her church which was um a c3 church in Wynyard in tasmania um her name was Haley, and um Haley brought me to her church that week that she invited me she said oh i probably should have warned you but the person ministering today is a guy called fergus mcintyre um, and in our sort of church movement, he's what we would call uh, like a bit of a prophet, or, you know, he, uh, and I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. She said, basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that he may pray and people might fall down and <laughs> all sorts of things. And I just need you to be prepare prepared. And here's me like completely unchurched, unchristian, like, uh, person <laughs> you know I had a bible but you know I hadn't read it frequently and I certainly didn't have any relationship with the Lord um, but I'm like yeah sure okay yep all right I know what I'm in for anyway this Fergus walked in and honestly I could just as he walked past my chair I could just I, it was just palpable I could just feel this something this quickening in my heart um, anyway he ministered throughout that throughout that meeting and um, a lot of people had encounters, you know, that were obvious to me, not really knowing much of what I was seeing, but knowing that there was something going on. Um, and then it must have only been a couple of weeks later, it certainly, it feels like it wasn't far down the track. We had um, our oversight pastors come and minister at our church um, who were from Hobart. Um, and um, that day he had an altar call so I said to Haley, oh, Haley, I really feel I need to go forward, um, but will you come with me? Uh, so she came with me and in her wisdom, Haley, like me, was a bit of a note taker. <laughs> and uh, as he prayed for me, um, I fell down. I don't remember much of it. And my, my friend Haley was madly writing down all these prayers that were being said for me. 
Uh, then when we went to leave the meeting, she put it in my hand and she said there was a few scriptures there that um, Pastor prayed over you when you were out of it, as you said. <laughs> like as I said, I don't know, I was out of it. Um, so she wrote them down for me. And I went home that night with my Bible that was gifted to me by my other Christian colleague that was in my intensive care unit. Um, and I started to look up the scriptures that he'd, he'd prayed over me and that Hayley had written down. They were mostly from the book of John, but for me the most significant ones were some from the book of Romans. And I kind of, I just wrote them in like, like a kidney, I don't know if you can see, but it was like a kindergarten child. I just, I had my big pen, like it's probably midnight at this stage. Um, my husband's in bed and I'm up in my study writing from, from this Bible, these scriptures. And the ones that I wrote, so there was a few that he, he prayed over me, but when I went to look them up, there was the scriptures and the scriptures around them. And they were kind of three-dimensional off the page. I had never experienced anything like that and I never have since then. It was just this one time. So I opened the Bible and every prayer that he had said and Haley had written were just jumping out of the pages at me. So they're the ones I wrote and they live folded up in my Bible. This was in 2005, so I don't know how many years, <laughs> 23 years, a little folded piece of paper has lived in my Bible. And whenever I have gone through seasons where I question my faith or somebody else confronts me about my faith um, or I'm going through a hard time where I feel like God you are you there you know you don't even seem to be answering my prayers I can just pull out my little kindergarten felt pen and remind myself of the experience that I had when I actually encountered God Jesus Holy Spirit you know the all-in-one so the scriptures that I were given which were very interesting because, as I said, I was battling at that time with purpose, with a degree of depression um, and, yeah, knowing what life was like, what am I here for? So the first scripture I was given was from Romans 8, 6. If the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. The second one, and we are oh, Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose for them, for God knew his people in advance. And then there was Romans 9.32. Um, so my nature uh, is that I, I want to be a good person and justice and mercy and love and kindness are easy me um, but the scripture that I was given was Romans 9:32. they never succeeded because they were trying to get right with God by being good instead of depending on faith <laughs> and then um, and this is a God I didn't even know yet you know like he's telling me stop being good and depend on faith um, and then I got scripture Romans 12 2 don't follow and copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll know what God wants you to do and you'll know how good and pleasing and perfect he really is. <laughs> and I just couldn't believe it. It was just like all of these questions. It was just like bam, bam, bam. Uh, then the next one was um, be glad for all God is planning for you. 
be patient in trouble and always prayerful. Anyone who knows me, patience is not <laughs> my gifting. So I thought that one was like God just having a little poke at me about patience and obviously praying. Um, and then the other scriptures which haven't had as much significance as all those ones in Romans, but obviously very critical because they're the essence. We're all from John, so sort of John 14, 16 and 27. The summary is, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them and they will listen to my voice. My sheep recognise my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And obviously that was a saving scripture about, you know, everything that God is. But as my journey's gone on, I keep going back to this little highlighted section in the middle, which is I have other sheep that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. And so for me, that's my prompt to, yes, I've given you all of these things. I've given you your direction. I've, I've told you all these things that you weren't doing right with your thinking to align with mine, to now have my peace and my joy but I have other sheep too and I must bring them and they'll listen to my voice. And also um, I took a long time and probably some of my hurdles were trying to understand the voice of God and how do I hear you? Like, you know, apart from this three-dimensional scripture which you've never given me again, like when I'm praying to you or when I'm needing your input, how do I hear it? Like, I don't know. Um, so not long after this period of time, I was lucky enough that our church did a study on John Bevere's Drawing Near to God and I learned how to draw near to God. And um, I think one of my barriers, which is still there to a degree and I assume is the same for maybe other people, is that you know other you can you don't compare yourself um, intentionally, but if you have people with big visions and dreams and oh God came to them in a dream and and oh they just saw this and that, I'm like really I don't get any of that. And what I found is that promise of that still quiet voice, and that's all I need. So I had to understand that it wasn't like a big loudspeaker you know he doesn't make it that plain you know I've got to actually really ask and really seek and then I'll hear that voice it doesn't have to be prophetic massive dreams and visions and loudspeakers and you know storms and locusts you know it can actually just be daily quiet voice um, helping me along the way um, so I guess that was the main, I guess, testimony for me and how I met Jesus. But we've kind of been, you know how your best friend is the one you fight with? <laughs> or your, your partner or your mother or your father? Because they're the closest, so you can, you can push them away the easiest. Um, so we've had that relationship as well. It's not all beer and Skittles, you know, it's like, I'm cranky at you right now. You know, I'm, I'm sulking at the moment, you know. Um, so some of those times, um, and they come, 
fairly regularly and I always sort of thought there might just be a couple of bad patches in life and you know when you're, when you're a Christian you know all those happy clapper people life's rosy right <laughs> but um what I found is that actually he just comes alongside you during those times he doesn't remove you from those situations um and probably one of the things being a critical care nurse that's been hardest for me to wrap my human little brain around is a health crisis where I'm taught that we can lay hands and heal the sick. Well, I'm laying hands and then I'll waken up out of this intensive care coma and they're going to die tomorrow, you know, like, uh, so my, my battle with my faith has been when, I won't say unanswered prayer, but it's when my head can't accept things. So the rape of a child, the abuse of a mother, um, the death of somebody I've been praying for, um, my unsaved, or I, I hate the word unsaved, my grandfather, who I don't know if he met Jesus before he died, um, my husband, who I still don't know, where he is on his faith journey um you know there's so many things that yeah why 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 um but as we or as i grow in my i guess christian maturity <laughs> or in other words get to know god a bit better um i get to see that actually i was ignorant or i didn't have the big perspective or you know like i'm quick to judge and quick to get mad at you know you're not doing things how I want God and what I realized is that even though and this is still where I'm at <laughs> that um even though God's in my life and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are living in me I have to remember sometimes to let them not just be in the passenger seat of my car but actually let them drive um, and that's uh, that's very hard for me. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a person who usually um, thinks out, research, work out things. So sometimes he just goes, no, <laughs> just my way. This is, this is the way we're going. Um, and I guess that's probably, yeah, my head and my heart is where God finds me in terms of, listening to you know my gut in terms of my spiritual heart rather than their head and that's everyone's different and that's my I guess Achilles heel you know if the devil wants to get a hold of me he'll bring in the counter argument to my faith or he'll bring in the the rational scientific arguments against whatever I'm trying to do through Christ uh, because that's where he's going to get me in my thoughts. Um, and, yeah, so basically God just showed me a whole bunch of scripture and a whole strategy for overcoming these feelings that I had. And, honestly, it was just like a light bulb, <laughs> you know, like how did I not see this before? Um, and, you know, I had even been to, as a health professional, I would go to a, a, a counsellor. If you had problems with your thought, that would make sense. You'd go to a doctor of the brain, which would be a psychologist. And they would give you these tips called CBT, cognitive behaviour therapy. So basically you would take 
the bad thought. I'm useless. Oh, nothing ever good will come of this. This is too hard. I can't be bothered. Whatever, whatever your insecurity or your fear or your worry is, you catch your thought in the moment. You write it down. You put down the opposite because that's not true, what you're saying about yourself. And then you feel better. But I didn't. <laughs> and the reason I didn't is because even though I was catching my thoughts, which is what the Bible says to do, I wasn't then lining it up with the word of God. You know, so there was just one little step missing. And then once I had that little puzzle piece, the joy and the peace and all of that, it all just came flooding in and has, you know, hasn't left. Um, I still go through patches where I know I'm feeling down, but I, I know it's coming. I can, you know, I'm aware of it and now I have the toolkit. I've got to get back out in nature. I've got to get into that word more quickly. I've got to get it back up those promises onto my mirror, onto my car, onto my everywhere I look so that I can remember the promises of who I am and who God is. And just, you know, just I choose not to listen to that voice that's not true anymore now that I see it for what it is. Yeah, so um, that's my, I guess, my main stuff that he's taken me through in terms of my brain <laughs> transforming me into a new person and thinking on things that are noble and true and lovely and all of those things. Um, but then I guess there was there's a couple of other probably pivotal times where he takes me on different journeys. <laughs> One was um, motherhood and um, life with a new baby with no parents around locally um and um somebody who likes everything in its place and everything perfect and able to plan and predict and all that sort of thing so he told me a lot about seasons um and i'm still learning about seasons um so sometimes when i'd get into a rut or into a bad patch suddenly you question ah oh, you know is god even there was i like so dreaming all this stuff, you know, like I feel so alone right now, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And you do, you go through dry seasons, you go through great seasons and just acknowledging that um, I think is helpful. Um, and when he was talking to me a lot about seasons, we, um, we went through a period where my granddad was very sick. Um, my granddad had been married to a wonderful Christian lady and she had died um, before him um, and he was the man that set up the hall for church he was the man that cooked the barbecue he was the man that did all that stuff but once the preach started that's when you'd go home because you know he didn't he didn't need to worry about any of that um, so when he was dying um, myself and my Christian aunt had had conversations with him and he was like yeah I really appreciate what you're saying to me but I just yeah, I just, I just can't go there. I just don't get that. I just can't, I just can't take that step. You know, I get it. I love you girls, but I, I just, I just can't take that step. And that was the last conversation before he passed away. And I remember driving home because it was like an eight hour drive from where he lived to home again, just crying and having my worship on and just, oh Lord, I just, did he know you? Did he meet you? Like in those final hours, I just, I just need to know. 
and suddenly my phone rings <laughs> in the car, you know, like how it connects to the speaker. And it's my Christian aunt. And she said, oh, Heidi, look, I was just speaking to a friend of mine from church who'd been praying for granddad and praying for everything. And she said she's a bit prophetic. And she said um, she said she rang me because she, she, had, she had a dream. You know, again, another person with all these big dreams. She had a dream and it was the same night that we lost granddad. And um, she said that um, Jesus said to her that you don't know what takes place in the hidden places and in the final moments and, um, you know, you need to have peace, basically, is what her friend had said that Jesus had said to her randomly and she just felt that she needed to say that to Arnie Jan, who thought that she needed to say that to me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank you, God, that's enough. You know, like, I don't know who knows how all these last moments and salvation and, and things work, but um, that's enough that you've sent that little message, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't have to try and work it out, you know. Um, and then the same was with my husband. So for probably the first few years of um, my encounter with Jesus, I had shared it with my husband, especially that first night. Oh, my gosh, you should have seen my Bible. It was like jumping out the world. <laughs> anyway, my husband must have thought, oh, you're a bit loony at the moment. Um, but he's always supported me um, in my Christian walk, but it's just not something that he has joined me in. And when the girls ask him if he believes in God, he says yes. Um, but, but he doesn't have him as his lord they might be his savior but the lord and savior is not is not part of his testimony right now um and for so long i struggled with that and i had to keep asking him to church and asking him to events and getting myself all in a tears because well gosh if if jesus told me this stuff about bringing other people and you know they'll hear my voice how am I going to bring anybody if I can't even bring my husband you know like how useless am I in showing God's love and grace and and trying to you know have other people know Jesus if my husband who I spend most of my life with hasn't seen it um and then I just decided that that wasn't my that's not for me, that's for God. Um, he's, he's taken me on through so many learning curves about stop trying and like, you know, that whole passage before about it's not by trying to be right, but it's through faith. And so just stop trying and stop doing all that. And so I decided that um, that was for God to do. Um, I read a book by Stormy O'Martian, which was The Power of a Praying Wife, and I just stood on that and I just gave it to God and I'm like, I really have no stress. Honestly, I don't. It's not that I don't care. I've just, I'm not owning it anymore. Um, and I'm like, it's bigger than me, God. <laughs> like, that's a huge job. I often say that to my children, like when they're trying to get me to make choices about what they wear or what they're doing, I'll say that's a that's a sky-sized decision. You can make that decision. And I feel like that now with God and I, it's like, okay, God, that, that's got stuff. That's a you size, you know, that you have to do this. This is not me. All I can do is live through, like show you the best that I can, have you flow through me and that hopefully he sees that and that witness is enough 
and you have to do the rest with his heart. I can't, I can't be picking that up anymore. So I fully just, I just give that to you now and you'll, you'll have to deal with it. <laughs> so that was, um, that was probably one of the other hardest bits, I guess, in my walk is, yeah, the unanswered prayer with the people at, you know, in intensive care. My unsaved, I hate that word, my, my whatever husband <laughs> who's not, who's not putting you first. Um, and then, yeah, keeping my mind fixed on the Lord instead of all the worldly stuff that distracts me. Yeah. Wow. It seems it's, you've been through a a journey, but it's just evident that you know God has been revealing His presence and His love to you through it all. You know. Yeah. And um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's um, no, that's all right. It's very powerful, actually. And one thing that like stands out to me. Um, is your desire to know more and learn more, like even just going and reading books um, by pastors and other people um, and all the books you've been reading. I used to work at Kurong. And, um, oh, you'd know them all. <laughs> they are good books. They are good <laughs> books. You're reading the good books. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, the other one I should have mentioned too Um and I didn't write it down. I think it's um, I want to say Joel Oldfield, and it was something like um, being the me you created me to be, or something like that. Um, and it was incredible too. It was like, you know, when I said before about the people with their big dreams and visions, and you know, the super spiros that I didn't consider myself to be one of. Um, I his book was just incredible, where it showed that all with our different personalities and our different even our weaknesses so like for me the the negative thought thing that had you know had you know just taken all my joy um he just showed that there was different people had different i call them an achilles heel but he called them something else where you have your own signature sin if if that makes sense and i hate like sin's just so confusing for a lot of people. But for me, it was basically anything that takes me away from um, from what the Lord is trying to show me about me or about him or about bringing people to him. Um, and so mine would be my negative thoughts because then that would block the Holy Spirit. And then instead of me bringing life and joy to a situation, there was certainly, I could I could mask it, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in the flow of his joy and his peace. Um, for somebody else, they might dampen their emotions with drugs or alcohol or sex or wild adrenaline rushing activities because, you know, they've learned an unhealthy way of coping with whatever this emotion is that God's trying to actually get you to work through so that you can be the best version of you, you know, like, so his book was amazing as well. And it just showed me that you don't have to be this certain way. God made you, you know, like, duh. God created you because that's how he wants you to be and there's nobody else that can do it the way you do. Um, and if you get a hold of that, if you get a hold of actually who am I, who is God and who am I in Christ, then it all flows. But if you're, if you're like, you don't get me and my quirks and that those quirks aren't bad. It's just that you're not, you're seeing it wrong. Um, so everyone, even things that bug you about somebody else, you have to take a step back and say, actually, <laughs> God made them just like that. 
and that that thing about them you might not have it or you might not like it but it'll work for them yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a good um what was I gonna say yeah it and so true we find so much of ourselves like comparing like you mentioned before either comparing our giftings or comparing our physical yeah. you know our flesh or comparing um the anointing yes you know um but the reality is I, I always just feel like comparison has been such a big thing even for me like in my life journey like it yeah. you know everyone goes through their own traumas and stuff and then comparison is like one of those nets I guess like you were saying that those strongholds that we can we can struggle in that can hold us back um, yeah. but it's so easy to try to find our identity based off someone else's rather than on God yes, you know? that's right yeah um and it's it's the truth is like you're saying that we God made us our own ways for particular reasons and yeah. that verse I keep going back to is you know the one that talks about the we are all parts of the body of Christ and if you know in order to work and function well we have to work in the stream or the alley that yeah don't try and be a finger if you're a foot (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely yeah so it's um it seems that you know God's just revealed so much wisdom to you over your journey even when you're talking about your your husband's journey I feel like do you think that the the dream about your grandfather or great-grandfather gave you a bit more peace about being able to release the other people in your life absolutely yeah even um I think I mentioned to you at the picnic the other day too the only other encounter like that I had was somebody that was dying like they're on the ventilator but we were going to have to remove the ventilator and they had Christian children who were besides themselves because to them their dad didn't know the Lord um, and they were like, gosh, this is tomorrow, you know. Oh, and, then, and I knew that they knew that I was a Christian. We'd, we'd spoken before. Um, we'd had, um, we have this process in intensive care where you can offer somebody pastoral care. And that means whoever's on roster will come and, um, you know, say a prayer with the person who's dying and with the family. And unfortunately, traditionally, that can be quite dry and it's certainly not the way I would I would want to share someone's end of life and last opportunity to know the Lord and I think these people knew that and so after we'd had that process done they asked if we could come aside together and pray just like them and myself as a nurse caring for him as well as a fellow um, Mm -hmm. sister so we prayed um, we gathered we cried um, and then the patient who was ventilated and sedated had the tear just roll down their cheek and we both just looked at him at the same time like the family and myself and we're like we don't know where anybody's heart's at like we can't judge a person's salvation only lord only the lord knows that but that little sign just that you know just it was like another other nurses know it there is a, an expression on a dying person's face and just sometimes there's just this beautiful peace that you know that you can see in their face and in that moment and with that tear his whole face it just it just looked different it just softened and it just I don't know I just knew in my spirit that something had 
happened. And obviously they picked up on it too because they just looked at me like, you know, is he, is he awake? He's crying, you know, like, because, you know, people are wanting the miraculous. And it's like he's not awake, you know, like this hasn't changed. But I said something has happened. You know, wow. look at his face, look at his tears. Um, we don't know. He, We don't know what took place, but something took place. Um, and so, you know, there's enough of that that I see that I'm like, God, you know, I don't know anybody else's salvation. I don't know my husband's salvation, but you do. Um, and yeah, you can you can turn this in a way that I can't. So yeah, I'm I'm certainly more at peace with it. I would love nothing more than to have somebody with me every Sunday that we can talk about whatever was preached and um, you know, I can drag him out to kids' church and he can be my offsider and like go on mission trips together and you know, I'd love nothing more than that. But, you know, I've got a wonderful man and a fabulous partner and um i just have to hope that you know god's doing that work <laughs> and i don't have to worry <laughs> yeah you're very um very strong woman yeah <laughs> i guess the other thing too with us is like i have to accept that um when when scott and i were together i wasn't a christian so to me um I have to have the grace for him because this wasn't the deal. You're a different person to the person that I was like, we weren't, we were together since I was 15. So basically when we went to Tasmania, I'm 20 something. So I'd been in this relationship for like seven years before I became a Christian. And before I even married him, like I'd gone to my, my, um, pastors for counsel, my pastors in Tasmania, to say, what do I do? I've been learning about this unequally yoked. We're engaged to be married next year. Um, what do I do? You know, like, because I thought what I was reading in the Bible, does that mean that I have to say I love you so much, but I'm sorry, like, we can't be married. Um, but the, the counselling that I got was actually that you are actually in a marriage relationship. You've been with this person for seven years you're already you're you're already intertwined you know like you are married like in every sense of the word so that would be divorce teaching if you were to not go ahead with your actual paper marriage um and i still don't know if i was to give a person advice in that situation i still don't know how to interpret everything i've read about unequally yoked um uh, things, but there is also a passage in the Bible for wives, um, and it specifically says for women who are married to people that um, aren't for, aren't following the good news. So, to me, why would that passage be in the Bible if it if it didn't happen where there's a Christian woman married to an um, at that stage an unchristian man mm -hmm. um, and it actually says basically to pray for your husband and show him your lifestyle and so that's yeah that's what I do <laughs> yeah and thankfully I've got this beautiful gracious husband I know for some people that they have it a lot harder where they're un, you know they are really butting heads because of their faith whereas I've always had the grace that you know he He's happy for me that I have this, but it's not something he needs. <laughs> yeah, only broken people go to church. You know, you have to really be broken and there's something wrong for you to go to church and I don't need that. <laughs> you know, that's his kind of 
false worldly uh, understanding of of what <laughs> what the Lord is and and what church is. But um, yeah, I I don't worry about that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. It's an honourable, very honourable thing. Um, and of course, like you're saying, it there is never a place where we judge anyone who yeah. hasn't come to a point in their life where they think that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. You know, we're all we all were born into a place where none of us were at a point where we fully believed from the moment of birth that Jesus was our Lord and Savior. That's right. We to go on that journey, and we yeah. can't judge someone's timeline. But I think it's just yeah. beautiful and honorable that you are, you know, you are a companion and a friend and um, and a source of light and love to the people in your family, no matter where they are on their journey. You know, that is literally what Jesus would do, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a really beautiful thing. And at the end of the day, it's not our words that will change a person's life. It's the absolute love, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And, yeah, so I think it's also very beautiful that your husband is open and encouraging and and willing, you know, to, yeah. to let you go pursue Jesus, you know. It's yeah. very, it's not always a thing, you know. A lot of couples and people, one person struggles when another person comes to know Christ if they don't, if they haven't encountered Jesus that way too. But, yeah. you know, it sounds like your husband's a very, loyal and loving person and yeah well I think if the shoe was on the other foot I think it'd be really difficult because to me like someone's putting somebody else ahead of you (laughs) you know like for a man my wife is putting this other man Jesus ahead of me (laughs) like I think that's a massive um that would be massive so yeah, I think it takes a lot of love and grace for somebody to in a relationship to, you know, be good with that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate that that's where he where he is. Yeah. And it's just nice that you're able to be just a reflection of the love of Jesus in to the people in your life. You know, that's powerful in itself. You know. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm, you know, encouraged by what the way you live your life. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and the I have no doubt that it also overflows into your work life and the people you encounter, you know, like I'm sure you've had many encounters with people in that intensive care situation where, you know, you've been able to be a source of love and light to them in that situation and that's that's what our calling is. Yeah. And actually that took me a long time to you know how I said I was you know should I be doing a different job you know all these different things I can't even imagine doing anything different now you know like it's just what other opportunity do you have to you know really care and love on a person than you do in that job like yeah I can't imagine anything more rewarding and by not being full-time I'm not full-time anymore it gives me enough space away to be able to recharge and refuel and actually give in the way I need to give rather than the burnt out nurse who needs a break. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that was a season thing too, hey, like, you know, when God just takes you away for a rest. Um, 
um, and he's he's just done that recently. Like when we lost um, Pastor Karen, um, I felt that I couldn't lead my kids' church ministry at the moment, um, and that was really hard because I felt like I was saying no to God. I felt like I was saying, like even though there's this desperate need, I am not doing this, and it mm-hmm. took everything and it took on me a long time. Like I knew it in my heart, but I just I couldn't put it down. And I couldn't put it down because I was worried that someone wouldn't pick it up. And I'm like, you know, it's such a vital area of ministry, but how can I do it justice when I'm empty? Yeah. And God will always make a way, you know, as as he feels, as you feel, you know, whether to give or release in that moment, he'll always bring someone along at the right time to, you know, fill that spot in for that season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no that's really really um really beautiful um when you had your encounter with Christ in that moment in that church um you know and you you felt led to go up and um you know you from what I understand it seemed like you know you just had like an encounter you know and um supernatural holy spirit encounter as yeah that. um yeah and you know how how loving it was to have your friend come alongside you and to be able to stand by you and in that moment and also write down everything the pastor had said not not many friends would probably would remember to do something like that in that moment you know (laughs) um for her to be able to come along to church are you right are you unstuck am i stuck you're You're unstuck (laughs) Um, it's saying your internet is unstable. Maybe it's me. Um, yeah, and I was just going to say that was, yeah, really important for me going forward was looking back and seeing how important she was to me in that, you know, like me to say, can you come with me? I think even if I didn't, she would have said, can I come with you? (laughs) You know, like she would have just known. Um, my friend that gave the Bible, um, like I, I'd watched all these people's lives, you know, I knew that they had what I wanted. I, you know, I knew what I was looking for. I just didn't know how to get it. <laughs> um, so same thing, God showed me through their life, not through their words. So that's now my ministry is, you know, I don't want to preach it. I want to sort of show it. Um, that will then hopefully let me teach it, <laughs> not preach it. Um, the other thing too was when um, when I did forget to mention with Scott was um, when I had my encounter and when I've been going to church, he said that, you know, he's happy again with my faith and my journey as long as I don't spruik it off to everybody else all the time. You know, like he had this thing about Christians, you know, the, you know, Bible bashing, <laughs> you know, don't, don't be one of those. So I do find in my walk I'm not particularly bold. Um, I prefer to develop a relationship and then when they ask me or they seek something from me, I can share bits that are relevant to them. But I'm not very good at just, you know, <laughs> you know, doing doing the big Bible bash to everybody I meet. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's not always called to be that way anyway, you know, like the Holy Spirit is gentle. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what we learn about the Holy Spirit. He's not going to force himself onto people. And, that's right. 
And from what I've heard with chatting to different people about their encounters, some people received the street preaching condemnation talks and it really changed their lives. And a lot of people responded more to just seeing that there was something different about a friend that they knew and wanting to know what it was, more that gentle calling. Um, And everyone will respond differently. And so, you know, I think that also comes back to the idea of we've all been given different gifts. Some will be evangelists, some will be teachers, some will be this, that, you know. And, you know, it's not going to impact everyone the same way. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're not any less of yourself or any less of a Christian because you feel more called to minister to people differently than, you know, Bible bashing, yes. <laughs> stuffing it in people's faces, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's good. I've been learning about that a bit too because, um, you know, I've, I have been definitely in situations where the street evangelism has been impacting and powerful through different seasons of my life but since um getting to know ben and his journey you know and his family and you know seeing their heart for jesus and you know they just they love jesus yeah they definitely are the kind of people who love more with without words and they let their lives be the light um and then they when they connect with people, they're more the the presence of love and encouraging through words and yeah. that opens people to want to know about Jesus whereas they don't just go up to people and go, you need Jesus and all this That's stuff. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah. And for them that has a big impact on the people around them. The bad testimonies yeah. of people's lives have been completely changed over periods of time, not necessarily an instant moment. That's right. That impact of the love, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and as the opposite, the hypocrisy is, I think, what takes a lot of people away. You know, when um, they see a supposed Christian not living or not speaking or or not being in a way that, you know, people expect that you would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for my husband that's a big thing. Um, you know, he's turned off in the past by encounters like that. So to me, yeah, I guess the main thing is that 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 hypocrisy or that you're not living by the standard that you actually believe in, um, I think, is where it all just breaks down. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'm just reading back through some of the things I've written down about your journey so far. <laughs> um, you're right. It's cool that you you were talking about seasons, you know, how God had been speaking to you about seasons in life. Um and yeah. through that, he's um, kind of showing you different strategies um, to overcoming certain situations in your life. Like, is there any um, any wisdom you can give uh, someone currently who's struggling to um, to go through the transitioning of seasons at the moment? Um, yeah, I think. In the, I guess, I guess the crux of it for me is that I hate the word patience, you know, like, (laughs) you know, just be patient. Whereas something like seasons, to me, it makes more sense in my head. So if if you're going through something rough, um, instead of that, you know, all those scriptures about patience and endurance, (laughs) all that sort of stuff, that doesn't, that doesn't win, you know, that doesn't help me 
in that season. What helps me in that season is knowing that there's another season that's going to come after this, you know, so it's more looking up and looking ahead, not looking at the circumstance because, you know, you can see it in the physical seasons. I honestly do hate winter. I know some people love it, but I'm a Queenslander, born and bred, so I hate winter. Um, and, you know, like winter for me as a biblical season, that's the, win that's the season of either um, sickness or pain or loneliness or whatever. To me, people can be in that winter season. But what comes after winter? You know, summer, autumn, winter, spring. <laughs> so then spring is that season of new birth and new hope and new growth and all that sort of stuff. And then summer, summer's when all the bugs come, you know, mosquitoes and, and ants in your food, stuff like that. So summer, you need to protect yourself. You know, it's that in that physical season, there's a season of protection and, and you know, distractions in the world that are taking you away. That's your summer season. Um, and then autumn, you know, the leaves fall off, but they're really pretty. So it's highs and lows, you know, that autumn yeah. season, you know. So, it, again, going back to the new baby thing, I just wish, like, because, again, I was a new Christian back then, but I, you know how hindsight's just amazing? <laughs> As a 44-year-old, I wish I could have my baby now, <laughs> you know, like I would just spend so much time in that season of just, Oh, you beautiful little thing. Not, oh my gosh, there's a new rash. I've got to research. What's the best thing for that? Oh my gosh, he's a feeding every two hours. Is it, is it something I'm doing? Am I, am I burping enough? Oh, oh no, now there's a, you know, it's okay. <laughs> this too will pass, you know, like this is just a little stage, a little season. Probably doesn't make any difference what I do, you know. It's just a baby. That's what they do. But I didn't get that then. And and so then you get, you're sleep deprived and you're, so your head's, woo, you know, I'm letting it, I'm not controlling my thoughts because it's, woo. So, you know, like season, if I just have known it's just a season, this too will pass. You know, so I guess that's the only wisdom I can give is that, you know, God's got the physical seasons as a reminder for the other seasons. Um, and even like with granddad, the irony as we talk about seasons, the one that I wasn't sure if he met Jesus, um, one of the songs that his non-Christian daughters chose for his funeral was a song called Turn. Um, and turn is based on Ecclesiastes, um, where oh. there's a season to weep and a season, you know, that one. Um, and so every now and again, like just this week, it came on Rima Radio. Like I was, you know, preparing my heart for today and thinking about, you know, I didn't know what to put in and what to put out because obviously we've been on a 20-something-year-old <laughs> journey <laughs> since my first encounter. Um, but turn played on the radio and it's such an old song. You rarely hear it, especially on Christian um, radio. And it came on as I was, you know, preparing my heart. And I'm like, oh, yes, I need to talk about granddad and seasons, you know, <laughs> like because that wasn't even my intention. <laughs> but, yeah, someone needs to hear about that. <laughs> yeah, very powerful. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, I just love how the Holy Spirit moves because um, a lot of there's been pretty much everything that you've said today but everything you've said today has had so much power and wisdom in it. And um, then just, you know, suddenly talking about wisdoms and what you just said logically about wisdoms is also comes across very prophetic about season. So, you know, that yeah. I would never have even thought about 
in depth what happens in those seasons and how that could relate to you know yeah of your life as well like that just that actually really ministered to me in that oh moment. good oh, good <laughs> yeah, well, there you go the seasons one that he put on the radio was for Ruth <laughs> um, but it's true it's so easy to get stuck in the momentum of one season and forget that it is something that will pass yeah. you know yeah Even the good seasons, you know, like because sometimes after the good seasons there's a bit of a crash. (laughs) I want to go back to the good seasons. But, again, just remember it's going to come around again. It's, you know, it's got to go through summer, autumn, winter, spring. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Well, it's been so awesome to be able to catch up with you today. Me too. I guess the only other thing I, I... that really stuck out to me that I feel like to talk about is um, you mentioned the strategies to overcoming um, your thought life and how you mentioned that once you had um, gotten the word of God in it um, to replace, like yeah. back, backed up the replacing situation. Oh, it was critical, yeah. yeah. And again, God. there was two books for that. <laughs> There was The Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer um, and I discovered a lady called Caroline Leaf. Um, she had um, Switch on Your Brain um, and actually it was her book that changed my life. I did a little course um, of hers and basically she's a brain scientist, like she's a medical person who has studied the neuroplasticity of the brain and basically what it means is that what we think actually affects our brain matter, not the other way around. So if you spend your whole life thinking wrong thoughts, it makes these horrible little spiky looking things in your brain. Um, And that's the neural pathway that it takes. And then they did studies and when you replace those thoughts with the right thoughts, with God's thoughts, it actually makes these new neural pathways that, you know, strengthen basically your brain. Your brain gets bigger and stronger and better and, you know, faster working. And um, and I found that was really fascinating because I did find that when I was depressed in my thinking, it overflowed into everything. I couldn't even decide what I needed for my grocery list. Like my brain was that clouded. I couldn't decide, make small decisions. I'd have to go to my husband and say, oh, look, I'm in that place. I can't make these decisions. What do you want for dinner? <laughs> you know, like, like dinner. I can't decide what to make for dinner. Um, it affected you know, my ability, you know, my cognitive ability. And once I saw the physical thing of what was going on in my brain, it's like, well, of course, you know, like all these bits aren't working. Um, and so Dr. Caroline Leaf, every chapter of her book talked about different, um, I just strategy, like there was a theme of the chapter, but each chapter had a, a scripture as its main heading. And even things like multitasking, you know, she'd have a scripture from the Bible that would say why multitasking is not effective. Wow. Um, and just it was just amazing, her, her concept of linking up science and scripture. And it was just, again, the light bulb for me. It was just like, oh, of course, I've been replacing my thoughts, but I haven't actually lined them up. Like I've, I've reworded my thoughts to be more positive, but I didn't believe it in my heart. You know, it was just like trying to trick yourself. I don't really believe what I'm writing, but I'm writing it down because that's what the psychologist says I have to do to think better. But Mm -hmm. actually God's word, once I replaced it with that, oh, 
there you are. You know, that was the key. <laughs> you know, the key that I was trying wasn't fitting until I actually put God's word instead of this new, you know, oh, yes, I'm going to think better in this way. Well, no, I'm going to put what God says because he knows me intimately and he created me and this is how he wants me to think. And if, if I've got Christ living in me, then I must think like him because otherwise that makes no sense, <laughs> you know, like, so, yeah, replacing what the, the strategy was, yeah, replacing it with God's word. And you had to know it first. So, you know, to be prepared for these seasons, these bad seasons, you've got to know your word ahead of time. Yes. So for me, that was like getting out the Bible, doing a keyword search on Google, like everything to do with thoughts and thought life and, you know, positive, not, not even positive thinking, that's not the right word, but the promises of what God, God's promises and what he says about who you are. And by plastering them on the dashboard of the car, of the mirror, of the bedside table, of the fridge, you know, everywhere I'm going to see it, you know, whatever I need to know that I'm not, you know, I'm not believing, I have to plaster it everywhere until, oh, yeah, I got that one, then plaster a new one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you just got to keep lining it up with his word. I think that's such a um, a powerful um, suggestion and tip for people to take on, you know, um, because that is, I, I have heard about Dr. Caroline Leaf and I have heard about um, a little bit about her her um, tips and things, but definitely, yeah, the switching switching of our thinking by the, um, sorry, but by shifting our thinking through rebuilding those synapses and those transmissions um yep. by creating the the good thoughts over the bad thoughts you know when we I first yep. heard that that was such a powerful thing for me um because I was yeah. like yeah I didn't realize it's so easy to think about negative things and it's hard to think about the positive things but to literally know that when you are shifting it and backing it up with the word of God it's actually changing your brain that's you right know, such an yeah. impactive thing and yeah. uh, it kind of makes you feel more motivated <laughs> yeah and for me it made me feel more in control like prior to that I was like okay well depression or um, anxiety it's either there's a medical problem so you're you know you don't have enough of your you know epinephrine and, and your good hormones and and so a tablet fixes that or um your it's genetic you know grandma was depressed mum's depressed you're depressed but it made me go no actually I'm actually I've created myself to think this wrong way mm -hmm. I I do have some control you know I still believe in medicine and counseling etc don't get me wrong but if you're not doing the third critical element which is I am actually in control of this I'm choosing what thoughts land there that was that's the other analogy I love like someone talked about birds you know your thoughts are like birds but you can choose who nests there you know yeah. so I had no concept I thought that how you feel that's what you listen to well I'm feeling that way I should listen to myself and follow my thoughts and my feelings but it's not that that's not what the bible says the bible actually says well no you can choose these thoughts and you need to line your thoughts up and they do need to be holy and pure and lovely and praiseworthy and and so i didn't have to listen to all the different birds i could just let the one nest that 
that I choose, you know, choose your thoughts. You don't just let them run wild, you know. Um, so that was, I guess, a new concept. But then by Caroline's, you know, study that showed that I'm physically changing my brain on top of that was just like, wow, <laughs> you know, keys again, like, wow, how did I not know this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, so many people will be very encouraged to to hear that um, that they, you know, just how much God is moving in and through you, but also all the, the seeds of wisdom you've been able to share today, especially with, you know, the seasons and um, and even the story of the, your grandfather and um, and even, you know, the synapses and the changing of brains. These are these are really big things, you know, that yeah. will really encourage and impact people as they listen. Um, so it's been such an honour to be able to catch up today and chat. <laughs> Thank you, Ruth. It's been great. Yeah. Um, Over to there, Kappa. Oh, yeah, sorry, I was going to say, is there anything else you would like to say or talk about before we wrap up in particular? Um, no, but I have noticed you like to end in prayer. So I would love um, a very dear friend of a friend is having a kidney transplant today. Mm-hmm. Um, her husband is donating her kidney. So they're heavily on my heart today. So I'd love if you and any of your um, people, other Christians could pray for them. That would be amazing. Definitely. Yeah, kidney transplant. um, It's not a tiny thing. (laughs) No, it's massive, yeah. And she's been waiting a while and her beautiful husband has... um, has finally been able to donate his. Yeah. yeah. And an act of love too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's massive. Yeah. Well, I would love to pray. <laughs> Thanks, Ruth. Lovely to chat. Lord, I thank you for Heidi. I thank you for the beautiful woman of God that you have made her to be. I thank you for your strength in her yeah she has the strength of a lion because you are moving in and through her and everything that she goes through has not been wasted and has not been um yeah it has not been to to drag her down or anything like that but lord you are ministering to her you are strengthening her you are equipping her and you are you are really transforming her not just by the renewing of her mind but um by the strengthening of her soul, Lord Jesus. We just thank you for the ministries that Heidi does in her day-to-day life, Lord Jesus, by through work, by encountering people and, and, and showing them your love, by being a mother and a wife who's loving and kind and compassionate and caring and who sows into the people in her life with your love and light guiding her. And, um, yeah, we thank you for the communities that she's part of. We thank you for... We thank you for your abundance provision over her life and over her family and your protection. And, Lord, we also just want to thank you for the days ahead in Heidi's life, for the for the ministry callings you have on her heart and on her life. And we just thank you that there is so much more to come and that as seasons continue to change, you will continue to remain the same and constant through all of them. We just lift up Heidi's friend, Lord Jesus, who's having a kidney transplant. We just thank you, Lord, that you are sovereign over this. We thank you for, um, yeah, successful 
um, successful transferal of this kidney. We thank you that both the wife and the husband will be um, healthy and strong, that there'll be no complications in the surgery, that there'll be no sicknesses or diseases that would come against them amidst this or even afterwards. We thank you for speedy recovery, that you um, surround them with your favour on every side. And we just thank you that um, they are never alone and that your power and your authority is there moving in and through them. And we're just so expectant of good news to come in the following days, Lord Jesus. May your love shine through this and, um, yeah, may your glory just be known amongst this whole situation. And, Lord, we just thank you for this day. May you bless it abundantly and may you bless this episode of the podcast um, and may it just really bless and inspire people to your heart and to knowing you in more beautiful ways. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Ruth. No it's been very nice day. to get to know you a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Over, it was an overdue cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, mine's gone cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you, you too. Wow, how awesome it was to chat to Heidi today and hear how she came to encounter Jesus and how that has impacted her journey since. Um, yeah, and all the beautiful nuggets of wisdom she was able to share about the changing of seasons, about how to hold every thought captive and feed in the word of God to replace the negative words. And also just to hear about the amazing things that she is doing um, in her family and in her workplace and um, how God can do so much for the people that he loves and how he wants to bring all of us into his family. Um, yeah, hope you've been abundantly blessed by this episode and I look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, this is Ruth Turner signing out. Thanks for joining us today. We pray that you have been encouraged by the testimony shared. We know that there is so much power in sharing with others what Jesus has done in our lives. So if you would like to be on this podcast and share your story of encountering Jesus, go check out our Facebook page, The Living Unashamed Podcast, and send us a message. We have no doubt your story will be a blessing to all who hear.